the best short films for lifelong learning, recommended by teachers for teachers. This is Short Films Teachers Love, with your host, Richard Lee. Welcome to Short Films Teachers Love. Uh, my guest today, I'm very excited to talk to. She's been an educator in media at so many different levels. She was very influential in the early days of an organisation called ATOM, the Australian Teachers of Media. In fact, uh, one very eminent friend of mine who knows Lee uh, from the early days in the 70s said that the strength of ATOM in Victoria and throughout Australia was largely due to her influence. She has been a passionate supporter of media, arts and education. She's written for newspapers, journals, done stuff on radio, worked as a teacher of both students and teachers themselves uh, and worked as a curriculum advisor at the Australian Children's Television Foundation. I could go on and on. And my dealings with uh, Lee as a consultant and friend of Campfire has always been um, has been close and she's always a fireball of energy. Lee Burton, thank you for joining me on this on this new show called Short Films Teachers Love. This is a great pleasure, Richard, and what you're doing is great because more and more teachers and students are going online for these kinds of podcasts and these yeah. kinds of events. So yeah. congratulations. Thank you. And, uh, Lee, I have to say you always amaze me because you're, and I won't, I know you won't be offended at this, but you're no spring chicken and yet you have so much energy and enthusiasm for what you do. Uh, where does that come from and why, how can you do it and why do you still have so much enthusiasm for short films? Look, I have a huge enthusiasm both for education and media. I began my professional life as a secondary media, drama and English teacher and very quickly focused on media because I saw that as giving the students opportunities to become critically analytical, highly creative in making media products and I was able to weave it throughout English etc. Then I went on to be a curriculum consultant at the Victorian Education Department and then I spent 18 years at RMIT as a senior lecturer in media education. Look, since then, you're right, I've knocked around. I don't think I'll ever stop working. They'll probably have to take me out of whatever workplace I'm in in the pine box. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So nowadays, I do a lot of, still do a lot of writing. Um, I publish in books and articles and online and yes, the Australian Teachers of Media and I do some part-time lectures at Monash University in the B.Ed. Primary and the Masters of Education. And again, some subjects cross the curriculum because in primary, this is what teachers want. They want literacy. They want a variety of things. And today we're going to be talking about some films that are primarily social education, civics and citizenship, values, etc., which are great for literacy as well. Mm. And, and it's a great topic because it's something that um, there are a lot of short films in this space and, and they do a great job at connecting to students but before we get to those films um i just want to um sort of back up with with another comment too um about the the teaching of english which you have done and i i've had you know particularly with my time at campfire you, you occasionally get a little bit of pushback um from teachers saying you know look students should be reading books they should be um, looking at the classics the literature and all that sort of stuff we want to encourage young people to be reading books more and sometimes films can cop a bit of flack from not being as worthy as as a text how do you respond to that kind of criticism this happens more at secondary level and Interestingly enough, the National Curriculum for English and across the states all emphasise using films, television, games. So these teachers really need to get on board. My experience with English, teaching English, was that this is how I got students who didn't initially like reading 
who couldn't read in a concentrated fashion and who thought all books were dull. So I might bring in something which related to themes in a book we were doing. And from that, we would sort of segue into the book. You can also get primary and secondary children reading by getting them watching adaptations of books on YouTube video. And again, two of the stories we're watching today, adaptations of books. So primary teachers and secondary could show that film, read the book, go back to the film, and the next thing you know, all the kids want to be reading the book. So look, you know, of course, there are many wonderful examples of English and literature in in all languages across the world. But I also contend that there are fantastic examples of films which also make you think. And the thing is that they're visual as well. They excite that area of the brain that helps you develop cognitively in the visual area and also the auditory area. Mm -hmm. Now, I notice all the shorts you've chosen are animations. Is there a reason for this? These particular three, there are about 20 short films that my students consistently use in the classroom when they go on primary teaching rounds. I also sometimes have that experience in secondary. And these are also amongst the films I consistently show in primary classrooms as a consultant and when I am doing PDM presentations and they get the most wonderful response both from children and teachers and each one of them has a critical dimension to it which is extremely important. That's why I've chosen them. The fact they're animation is important too because I love the genre of animation. I think that really good animation has so much to bring to our experiences. Certainly children love it. And two of the animations are extremely unusual. We'll get to that in a minute and how they've actually been animated. And what I would hope from these kinds of films would then students could create their own animation, their own story about the particular themes which are in the films. And that's what's happened classrooms where I've used them. Mm-hmm. Now, I know I know you're excited as I am to talk about these three specific films. We keep saying we will talk about it. But just, <laughs> just one more question. I just want to clarify. So, you're, um, in, in your teaching of teachers, you are often training uh, primary teachers about to go out and start teaching at primary level. Is that it? That's correct. I work in the B.Ed. Um, primary at Monash. So there are years one to four. And I teach in all those years, I teach literacy, social education, civics and citizenship, teaching pedagogy, a whole range of things. The um, And I bring to the literacy and English teaching, because I also do English at secondary level, my knowledge and experience with media, basically. So these are students who are doing these particular subjects. They then go out and obviously resources that lecturers have used with them in lectures and shoots they're going to be using and often they include them in assignments uh, in many assignments that they have to complete they have to actually include books films etc that they've used and write them up and some of the things I'm going to be saying today come from students mm. and um, and the three that you've chosen all have to do as you say with social cohesion and um, something that's exceedingly more and more important these days as we live in a more multicultural and more globalized yes. world so let's let's get straight to the first film which uh, you've chosen is called the crayon box that talk while walking in a toy store the day before today, I overheard a crayon box with many things to say. I don't like red, said yellow, and green said, nor do I. 
and no one here likes orange, but no one knows just why. We're a box of crayons that doesn't get along, said Blue to all the others. Something here is wrong. My immediate reaction to this one was a little underwhelming. I, I must admit, I didn't like it the first time I watched it, partly because the quality of the YouTube link wasn't great. Um, but, you know, I think technically speaking, there's some little issues. But creatively, I was also frustrated by the style. It didn't seem to know whether it wanted to be a PowerPoint presentation or it was trying to be a bit more sophisticated. But then, um, and I realised as we went on that... Um, you know, reading for younger children is all about the words, and and I, particularly for younger readers. In, so, in in terms of form, it sort of combines a bit of kinetic text or words that move around the screen. Um, you know, it's not a groundbreaking work of art, but the more I watched it, the more I thought, yeah, actually, I can see the real appeal for this in primary, young primary teaching. Is that is that kind of where you're coming at it from? That is where I'm coming at it from. Good films and other media which look at diversity, social justice, all those things you're talking about, multiculturalism, etc., are very, very scarce at sort of kindergarten to about year one or two level. And this is based on a very popular book that's used in schools a lot by Shane Deroff and illustrated by Michael Letzik, an American book, but just lovely. And you're absolutely right about the technique because not only is talking about the crayons who all initially really don't like each other, don't get on. A little girl in a shop hears them talking about it and she takes them home and draws this beautiful picture and they all decide then they've all got value. You know, blue does a beautiful sky, green does beautiful grass. And yes, the actual technique looks a bit, she said, like a PowerPoint, but in literacy terms, it's perfect because it's got the words on the screen. So I find that we can go back and pause on bits of that and the children can actually read off the screen. It's got that very simple technique that's used nowadays with the hand drawing things that you see in presentations and it's got a little bit of animation. And of course, the animation looks like crayon animation. So it can't be too simple ever, this kind of film, for very young children visually because they're still learning how to read the media. And a lot of the research I did in the past was about how much they understand. A lot of animations for young children are too fast, they're too noisy, they miss things. So this audience is for them, it's not for us. (laughs) And what's interesting is the first few times I showed some of these kinds of videos for young children, they didn't understand them. I've got other titles that I've now put up into upper primary, mid-primary, because everything just happened too fast. So they get it with this. They get it about each crayon being different and being able to do something. And of course, in the classroom, it's perfect because then each child can do a crayon drawing of the things they're good at, the things they understand. And, you know, what other colours in the room could they join with to do metaphorically, to do things together. Yeah, mm. and, and it's also about actually seeing the words and reinforcing the reading of That's that word right. with That's words, right. with audio yes. as well. Yes. So, That's it's right. you know, it seems really bad, and that, that was my reaction. But as you say, you know, for the kinder level or whatever, they're not reading it, a lot of them, no. you know. So, no. No. yeah. And foundation, even to one or two, because that's where I've used it, my student teachers have used it. And... The other point I want to make is that many primary teachers, well, most, and indeed a lot of secondaries are saying, where do I fit social education, civics and citizenship, values, and all of those subjects and domains into my teaching? Well, literacy is the ideal jumping off spot. You read the book, 
you may go through some of the phonetics of the words, etc., the spelling. You can show the film or vice versa. So you're doing literacy all the time. You're doing visual literacy and you're doing print literacy and spoken literacy. And that's what I find that the trainee teachers love, the teachers in the classroom love. It can be quite difficult to get them to just, you know this yourself, the camera, to just show a film. Well, you and I would show a film at any time. So this one, as I said, has been perfect for that lower age level. Um, I also think that for higher age levels, as an example, sometimes in secondary school, students have to make a video for children. You could show this as an example of something that would be really good for very young children. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's go to the second film that you recommended called The Sandwich Swap, not The Sandwich Shop. <laughs> it all began with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and it ended with a hummus sandwich. Selma and Lily were best friends at school. They drew pictures together. They played on the swings together. They jumped rope together. And they ate their lunches together. This to me, this was gorgeous, so sweet, and I love. And this is my Aussie bias here, but I love the accent. But uh, it's um, so simple, really touching. Um, give me the kind of scenario where this has been used that you know about. Okay, well, this is based on the book by Her Majesty Queen Rania Al Abdullah, Queen of Jordan. Wonderful thing about this, it's a film about diversity and multiculturalism coming from another culture. And another culture that has been demonised, I believe, in the media very often, it's coming from the Arab world. So the student who made this is highly proficient, as teachers will see when they go to look at the animation. It is simple and beautiful. And the story is about Selma and Lily, who are best friends. Selma eats a hummus sandwich every day for lunch, and Lily eats a peanut and jelly sandwich. And although they're very best friends and do everything together, inside they're secretly thinking, yuck, Mm. that looks horrible. (laughs) Now, there ends up being a bit of a fracas around this whole sandwich business, (laughs) which is resolved beautifully. So, of course, the sandwich is the metaphor as in, you know, um, the the box of crayons that talk, it's the crayons. This time it's the food. And um, kids, again, get this straight away. It's sort of a year three or four. I'd take it up to year seven even. I think the thing about it being based on a close friendship is so important as children both at primary and secondary level are developing these close friendships again there are so many ways of talking about this talking about it on a thematic level there is the whole theme about we may be different in some ways and the same in others and maybe the differences aren't all that different it's still a sandwich. Of course, once each of them tastes the other one's sandwich, I'm letting the plot out a bit here, they discover this to be true. But again, for children and for my trainee teachers, it emphasises very, very strongly that the friendship is possible. Now, in quite a few videos and books about diversity that are out in the primary schools, It has that as an underlying theme. It often starts off with a child who's rejected or bullied or left alone. This starts really positively. And I think that's one of the main positive 
key points of this story. It starts on a positive note. They discover the small difference. And as I said, in classrooms, we often use it so that children, a bit like the crayon one, but a more sophisticated way, may create a map of themselves, either with PowerPoint or on a large poster of all the things they like and do. We don't label any of them culturally at all. We let the children work that out and discover it and talk about it. And at one school, we did it with national costume. It was a school that had a lot of different cultures. The children all came dressed. And then, of course, the first thing you want to do was swap them all. After they saw the sandwich, so that was a very similar reaction to what you get in the sandwich swap. Again, the book can be used with the film. But in this case, I think the film is actually better than the book. The book's not all that easy to get hold of. Yeah. Well, and 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 it really does feel like a book coming to life too. But the yes. other the other yes. thing I, I want to pick up on though, a friend of mine who um, teaches English uh, to to new migrants said, um, you know, there's a whole uh, kind of an arc of people that you're dealing with from another another place, and it starts off. It does start off in a really positive place. Often there's the exotic kind of attraction. You go, wow, this person's really interesting, and that as you get to know, then there's kind of the almost the pushback of going oh I really don't like this about this person and then you get over that and then there's a more you know coming together and and as you say that you know the sandwich swap is very much that little arc encapsulated yes yes. Mm. well the children yeah we talk about the yuck factor Mm. with children too and just exactly what you said you couldn't put it better that you may initially play and get along with people even your own street and your own family and there may be something that you just think is yuck and this is where we get children to write down a yuck factor totally anonymous on a piece of paper and post it into a box and the teacher can draw them out and read chosen ones only. Otherwise, you'll get so-and-so smells uh, at lower primary. So bring them out and talk about that and, again, even with their own family. So really, the end game with this is tolerance, even more than the box of crayon. This is all about tolerance. This one... I found myself, I was looking for something that would be good for middle, upper primary going up that was animated and it was about diversity, difference, etc. And I obviously browse YouTube and other things all the time. So I found this and then I found there were other teachers already using it when I started using it. So again, highly recommended. I would certainly show it at year seven level. The quality of the animation is beautiful and at that level, sort of year three or four right up, again, they could make their own story about that yuck factor or about someone they're friends with. And one of the most moving ones we had at a school was a very shy little boy and his best friend was obese. And he, for him, that wasn't a yuck factor. And he wanted to explain things about his friend. His friend actually had some sort of condition. It was so moving and the whole grade watched it. It was grade six, just loved it. You know, he had all the good things about him being soft and cuddly and so that led to a whole lot of other discussions. So it's not just about, not just about cultural differences. At this age, they're really open to learning those lessons about tolerance. I think as we get older, some of the doors start shutting. Uh, And that's where our next film, I think, comes in very well with older children. All right, let's go to the next film. So this, the next film is called Face to Face. Me and my mum and my two brothers, we are all um, Catholic, but my dad is not a... He's a Buddha. Buddha, but I don't really 
you know, believe in him. But the only God I believe in is probably the goddess of mercy. Yeah, because the family convinced me enough. This is obviously one that I know a little bit more about from the from the campfire site. Um, and some brilliant notes written by Lee Burton. <laughs> uh, and, and in there you've identified some of the key issues that the, you see the film raising, um, being, you know, identity, friendship and difference. So tell me about that and any, any of the teaching ideas you remember from those, from those fabulous notes that you did. Well, I've also got teaching ideas, both that I remember and that I've actually since again used this and want to say that some of the other lecturers and tutors at Monash have used this one as well. And they've also used, uh, you know, the, the previous film, The Sandwich Swap, and the first one we talked about. This has been more used, I think, by social education diversity tutors than any other film since I've been at Monash. And it now has a Vimeo link, which will be handy. So it's going to all my recommended films this year. First thing I want to say about, though, is the animation is absolutely stunning and there's a difference about it. It has the voices of children which have been put in there with the animation of Sarah Firth. And she's an Australian who was commissioned as part of her year-long artist-in-residency in Springvale, Australia, to empower young primary students from disadvantaged backgrounds to share their stories and feelings. What better way than recording their stories and feelings about being disadvantaged, a refugee or whatever, than in animation and using the voices. You'd never get anything more authentic than having the actual voices. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and it, be, it taps into that because they're not threatened to sort of look a certain way. It, it's no, kind of, no, it's almost no, a direct no, no. line into their subconscious. They just speak mm. things and they don't worry how they look. And some of the funniest things that come out, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. It's just <laughs> wonderful. And, mm. and the thing about this style of documentary, which the Australian Children's Television Foundation have done as well, with their short documentary series, I think, which are children talking about philosophical concepts, is that, yes, you're not worried about what they're doing on the camera and children facing a camera often hate it. You don't have to worry about putting shots over. You've got it all there. And the film is wonderfully imaginative. As children talk about their experiences of coming to Australia as a refugee, you know, going across the sea, what happened in their home country, that's all in there as well, which would have been very difficult to do as a sequence of shots over, I've got to say. So wonderfully done. This is really about identity, uh, more than the previous two films were wonderful. This really is about identity. It's about how children have several identities within their own cultures and as new Australians and being part of a peer group, which they talk about, their friends. They're talking about their friends that set as children around a table, talking about all these ideas. And the thing that comes out, Richard, is that how proud the children are of their customs. They have really strong beliefs about their religion and want to share their ideas and memories. And what we're getting out here is the theme of identity and belonging is a very important one in primary schools. They do it right from foundation. So that idea of belonging, of being together, and we often use this with Indigenous issues as well. So a couple of the teachers I know who are using this film are using some films which focus on Indigenous issues, which also come from Campfire, by the way, and they're using this one. So um, 
The children also speak really frankly about being different and seen as both being a positive and negative. Again, harking a bit back to, in a way, the previous two films. These share themes, these films. So, in this film, more than the others, they talk about their feelings, and I think that's what's important. Yeah, and and that identity theme also, of course, carries right through. I mean, that was that's the number one theme that keeps coming up at the end of secondary school. So it's not like it's a topic yes. that goes away in a no. hurry. No. Um, but no. but but speak more about that honesty. I think you know that that's the thing that stands out about it for me. You know that they are uh, it, it, the honesty is in the setup. You know, the, I was a, a, an artist in residence, and this is what the kids told. But but even the fact that, as you say, they touch on these religious things that they themselves are often confused about. You know, they say, mm-hmm. oh, I don't know whether I should have gone to this Hindu temple, but I don't like that. Yes. Guy. You know, and they're coming yes. out with all these things completely candidly. Um, yep. And it's just such a beautiful window on, on the way that young minds work in particular. Um, so what, what does that do for helping, you know, other students connect with, you know, cross-culturally and, and understand their own identity, do you think? Well, they do watching this film and I've only seen it used at upper primary level. I would confidently also use this in a secondary school as an example of this kind of storytelling, taking the voices, adding the vision and every teacher and teacher trainer who's ever seen it and every parent has said, that's how children talk. That's how they talk in the classroom. If you led a discussion on all of this, this is how the children would talk. They'd be putting their hands up and saying, well, saying you know, something random. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And there's a great sense of... Uh, the feeling that Australia is now their home and that they've got the close friendships you can see around at the table that are forged between children of all colours, races and cultures. You see that in classrooms around Australia too and, and I see it when I go into schools. And so, what, And it comes from like the, the area where the school, I think it was a number of about two or three schools but and it is noted statistically as the most multicultural yeah. region in Australia yeah. so that's saying something. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> One of the Anglo boys in it says he's proud of getting a best friend from another country, sort of a badge of honour, which is lovely. Maybe having even two friends. And some of the children do describe being bullied or excluded because of their skin colour. And these are honest reflections, you know, about racism, which are picked up by the other children. And again, when this is shown in classrooms, that's picked up on. And I've seen children moving very uncomfortably around on their bottoms as they watch this because they've been the bully. They've been the racist. And sometimes they'll speak out about that. Sometimes they won't. But there's a lot of things going on there. They're never targeted. It's never discussed. But, you know, as we walk work through this film, and again, um, what children like to do after watching this film and what teachers might like to do is to, with the animation, talk about the difference between animation and real-life interviews. You know, what happened here? It was edited, etc. And also... What are the differences between refugees and asylum seekers? That, I think, needs to be teased out if you're talking about diversity. And then about the rights of refugees and asylum seekers. And I've actually put hot links into the the notes here. I don't know if you can put the notes up as well. Yes, yes, definitely. Please do that. Please do that. So, um, And some of the really moving things in this is about, I think, how much they love school in Australia and their experiences overseas, which are not all pos- always positive as well. They give reasons for coming to Australia. That can be teased out. And I think um, one of the 
teaching ideas here that I've got in here that I've since used a lot is for the children to create a map of regions of the world where most migrants, refugees and asylum seekers coming to Australia originate from. I think if current discussions about asylum seekers come out, let them come out, teachers know how to remain unbiased and objective and to look at all sides of something but very recently in a classroom I didn't show this film I was watching a student talk about difference in asylum seekers the children were asking a lot of awkward questions which as questions were great they can't be answered by the current situation in Australia and then the the teacher got them to research that so you know, there's a lot there. Um, they can also discuss the representations of migrants, refugees and asylum seekers in the Australian media. Me being a media person loves that. Um, I've done that with students in groups. And then another thing is students listing their memorable moments from childhood. So if you've got a class of it, maybe all Anglo children, it might be mixed, to think about how you would represent your childhood wherever you've been brought up, where you've come from. So where have I come from? I'm now in this part of Australia, it could be anywhere, have I always been here? What are the things about living here that construct and define me? That's really important. So geography, society, culture, your peer group, your parents, everything. So this film is extremely rich. It can be teased out and teased out. And that's one of the reasons why I was very really enjoyed writing the notes about it and as I said it's one of the most viewed films by my colleagues mm. they love it fantastic well, there, there's some great ideas here in what you've said and the other thing and we've and I've said this in the past you know teachers who are not uh, media teachers or media savvy necessarily too don't need to be scared off by how sophisticated no. the the animation is no. or how much they understand of it or whatever just go with whatever you're loving about it yes. and there will be something to love in all of these three yes, um, yes. so so, yeah, be heartened by that if you're not an, a media teacher or a media expert. That's right. So, exactly. So just uh, unless there was any other general comments, I did want to ask you about your own earliest moving image memories. Do you have any? What's the first thing you can remember of the moving image? I certainly can. I grew up in the 50s and 60s in Melbourne. That'll give you an idea of my age. And my family loved movies. We used to go to – I grew up in Surrey Hills in Melbourne. There was a Surrey Hills Picture Theatre, it was called. And we kids would go on a Saturday afternoon. My earliest memories are something that's long gone, the serials. You had a serial and we had Roy Rogers with his horse. And you'd go every week. It was a very clever marketing to catch up on the serial. You had the serial. You always had a cartoon. They were usually Disney cartoons, Mickey Mouse, Interval – in which they sold you lots of stuff, and then the movie in the afternoon. As I said, my strongest memories are of the serials and probably the cartoons. Mm. And the cliffhangers? The cliffhangers were wonderful. (laughs) You know, there she is on the railway track, the train's coming in next week. And then once we got television, which wasn't until the 60s in my household, uh, watching the news, even from a young age, I love the news and current affairs, but favourite movies from them, Old Yeller, about a poor dog. And I, I always got to see these movies with my parents. It just made me cry. Rin Tin Tin, this is how far back I go. Um, 
Black Beauty, etc. But I was a instant, instantly addicted to movies, particularly, and that's why I went on to become a media. So that takes me back a bit. But I've got to tell you, you show some of these old movies to children now, and they love them. I've got great nephews that love some of these old movies if you can get hold of them because they've got that narrative force, and you haven't got a scene change every five minutes and fast editing. You've got a really nice. Uh, narrative there. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time and for the wealth of links and resources and ideas that you always (laughs) bring whenever I talk to you. And thanks thanks for um, joining Short Films Teachers Love. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe to the show. Jump onto our Facebook page, Short Films Teachers Love, or tell someone else who's looking for a short film for their teaching.